Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of Did You Read the Book, a comparative podcast where movie buffs and bookworms come together to talk about stories and their adaptations that we love, hate, or love to hate. I am your host, Erin Palmer, and today I am joined yet again by the lovely BJ. Hello, BJ. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on again. Yes, I'm glad you're back. We've got a whole new round and it's all new, completely different topics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally different. And it's going to be awesome. I'm very excited yeah. to talk about this one. Um, so without further ado, could you please tell us what is our source material today? Absolutely. Our source material today is Gone Girl, written by Gillian Flynn in the year 2012, or maybe it wasn't, and the world <laughs> ended. Who can say? Who, who, who could prove it? <laughs> it existed at that point in time, maybe. Got uh -huh. it. Love it. All right, cool. And then also our adaptation is called Gone Girl, which was directed by David Fincher in 2014, and it is starring Ben Affleck, Rosamund Pike, Neil Patrick Harris, Tyler Perry, Kim Dickens, and many, many other awesome actors. Quite a good spread for this one. I don't know how you feel about this spread. Okay, I just wanted to like ask, how do you feel about Ben Affleck? I know that like some people are like super hardcore into him and other people are like, oh, I just don't like him. Like, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I have, it's so funny. I just have like basically no opinion. I think he was like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's like very, I don't know. He works really well in this movie because he's supposed to be like, He's supposed to come off as uncaring and kind of blank and bland. Yeah, a little bit, I think yeah. he was really cool and, like, his version of Batman is kind of funny. Like, this old <laughs> grizzled, like, he hates everything kind of <laughs> Batman. I don't know. I would probably need to, like, watch his old stuff again to, like, get back into the Ben Affleck career mind. Yeah. Because, honestly, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some, I, I don't know what it is about Ben Affleck, but I've had, like when I talk to people about it, some people have very strong opinions yeah. of like why they do or do not like Ben Affleck. And it tends to be why they don't like Ben Affleck. Yeah. What so, are your opinions? Um, you know, I'm kind of impartial. I think one of my favorite movies of his is Dogma. Oh, and uh -huh. he also co-wrote it with Matt Damon. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a great movie. But, you know, neither here nor there. I was just curious. We're going to just like have a little mini discussion right before we have our discussion. So I was just uh -huh. Yes, Ben Affleck. Strong okay. feelings. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling, I feel, I mean, I like him. I like the guy, all right? <laughs> he is a person of which he does the actings. So. Yeah, I actually really don't know what he's like as a person either. I mean, I nah. like seeing him in movies. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. I'm sure he's, a, I'm sure he's a, a nice individual. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into it, spoiler alert, lots of spoilers. We are going to be talking about this in depth. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that you may not want to hear if you have not read or seen this. So go watch the movie, go read the book, and then come back to us and deep dive. Um, before we get started, Mr. BJ, are you pro-source or pro-adaptation? Uh, pro-source. Pro-source. Okay. Okay. Do you yeah. want to give a little teaser as to why? Uh, I mean... Especially, um, let's see. Let's see if I wrote down if I wrote down something concise like that. Mm, <laughs> mm, uh, yes, because while the movie captured most moments uh, in the book, it had very little of the impact. Yes, yep. period. I ended on period. that. It had very little Done. of the impact. And in fact, yep. I've <laughs> underlined that in my paper. So 
It had very little Super of important. the impact. End statement. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Nice, perfect little teaser. I love it. All right. Well, let's get into it. Could you please give us a synopsis of the book? Yes, I can. Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. This is what it says on the back of the book, or at least on the back of this book, which <laughs> is the um, it's the edition that it has Ben Affleck on the cover. Ooh, so, so, so after the movie. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, cool. On a warm summer morning in North Carthage, Missouri, it is Nick and Amy Dunn's fifth wedding anniversary. Presents are being wrapped and plans are being made when Nick's clever and beautiful wife disappears. Bum, bum, bum. As the police begin to investigate, the town golden boy parades a series of lies, deceits, and inappropriate behavior. Inappropriate. Nick is oddly evasive and he's definitely bitter. But <laughs> is he really a killer? Oh. Is that how they end it? Yeah, that's a <laughs> Is he? But is he? Oh my god. That's so drama. I love it. <laughs> so drama. All right. Golden Boy. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty good. Is he the okay. town Golden Boy? Uh, Everyone remembers think, him. Yeah, I think it's like they describe him as being like very pleasant. Everybody's really like likes him and he's mm -hmm. just like very nice guy yeah but i feel like that's also they really push that to be like oh i'm from missouri and my mama taught me to just be polite all the time and i feel like that's like everybody in that town but yeah that's what i feel like is more how it is like the golden boy thing makes me think that he was like in sports or like a big sportsman i don't think mm. i don't remember that being the case yeah i wonder if it's more of kind of like the persona of him being like just a nice upstanding southern boy Wow, even in the even in the back description, he just can't escape the media <laughs> boiling down his character to something that he's not. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Yeah, so let's talk about Nick. Okay. So kind of off the top of your head, like how how did you like process the character of Nick? I think Gillian Flynn took mm -hmm. us I, I feel like every feeling that i felt about these characters she yeah. made me feel those things on purpose oh um, god yeah totally. yeah so like i mean it started out like and i mean i'll i mean who knows like starting out like you're totally like man he is he's not looking good whatever like they both come off both characters come off as kind of like at the very beginning, they kind of come off as like very interesting. You want to get to learn more about both of them. Mm -hmm. And then pretty quick, it like <laughs> Nick devolves into like, obviously, this guy's like an asshole and like yeah. all that kind of stuff. But maybe, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't know. And like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I also feel like this is one of those books where, or one of those characters, especially where like how you see the world or like how you perceive certain issues also will like depend or kind of show which how you feel about which character yeah for sure i think his his character you were right in the beginning you're like oh my gosh his wife has disappeared i that's awful he must be so like totally like distraught from this experience but then yeah they start having him talk to the cops about what happened and you get a lot of kind of inner monologuing from him because it's you know Half the book is from his perspective and the half is from his wife. But yeah, um, a lot of his monologue, the further in you get, 
is I think the first time you kind of see that flip switch is um, when he says, that was my first of like five lies. Oh, Or yes. something like that. Like, he actually yeah, like I calls like, that out. Yeah, and really early like, on. Wait a second, what? Yeah, <laughs> he says stuff like, like, I had to do this because this is what, I had to play this role. Or he says something mm-hmm. like, and then the next part begins. Like, like mm-hmm. he already knows what's going to happen to him. Yeah. But like and just him knowing that makes it seem like of course he would because he's uh, he's already planned. He knows the murder whatever. But then it's also yeah. like of course he knows because he's a writer. He's obviously watches TV like anyone else. So he knows what they're going to do to him and right. he's seeing it from that perspective too. Yeah. Yeah. So like I think that was the first time that I realized, "Oh my gosh, like you you think, oh, he's like telling the cops what happened. He's just like giving them the facts and trying to help save his wife and find his wife. And then yeah. and that was the first of five lies that I told to the police. And you're like, wait, what was the, fir- what were the other four? And yeah. they don't ever, they don't ever actually tell you. So oh, you're like, yeah, how much yeah. of this is actually a lie or not? And it's yeah. genius. Like Gillian Flynn did such an amazing job of kind of sewing in these weird little things that you're like, you're second guessing the entire book of like, totally. well, is it this or is it this? Oh my God, did he actually like, because the whole premise is his wife goes missing and they start pointing the finger like, oh, it's got to be the right away. K- killed his wife because there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Uh-huh. And you really start to question the further in the book, like, oh my God, did he actually kill his wife? Well, yeah, yeah. That moment for me was a, a lie to the police, but it was when he was talking about the going to the beach. They were like, oh, well, yeah. you w- you went to the beach right after you left. And what was that about? And he's like, oh, I just went to go hang out. And then we as the reader are like, well, wait a second. What? When did you go to the beach? Because the, yeah. that, they didn't, she didn't write about that. Like literally it goes from him leaving uh, to go to the bar or whatever, mm-hmm. like for in the morning to yeah. him being at the bar and then like yeah. talking to go. And Nothing then it's like, but yeah, but then <laughs> yes. And then right after that, he says like, that's my favorite lie, the lie of omission. And then at that moment, it's like, oh man, I really, now it's like, I really don't know where this is going. Because before yeah. that, it's like, I mean, it's like, it's never who you most su- suspect, right? In a, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a murder story. So it's like, obviously it's the husband. So it's not going to be the husband. It can't be the husband. And like, but then yeah. it's like, right. Right away, it's like, oh my god, it's the husband. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, and it just it. he just keeps digging himself deeper and deeper because then yeah. you find out that he's lying to the police. You find out he's got a burner phone, but you like it yes. takes a while to find out like who is this burner phone exactly. for? Like, why does he have a burner phone at all? Talk about yes. shady. Yeah, and then we find out it's a mistress. Hey, yeah, yes. who's like half his age? Yeah, mm. a mistress, and is one of his students. Uh, yeah, yeah, even worse. And he was dating her for over a year by the time yes, his wife went so missing. He's like, dude, long. how uh, much more can you dig yourself into this hole? And yeah. the way that it's revealed is that she comes over to his sister's I, house. Ah, she stays the night. Oh yeah, my and then they God. get they get all sassy on the couch in uh, his sister's apartment. And I'm like, dude, oh, you are God. literally under investigation for your oh murder of your wife. What are you doing? Oh my <laughs> like, God. Yeah, it's stressful. It's stressful. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I I mean, I've actually just had a conversation with uh, my friend Julie about another Gillian Flynn book, which is Shrep Objects. Mm -hmm. And oh, my God, she does such a good job of that tension 
in her yeah. in her storylines and her yeah. character development. It's just so much tension and it's just crunchy and it's stressful and it's amazingly written. And I love her twists. She's got crazy twists at the end of her books and I love them. Yeah. They're so yeah. well put together. And like the tension comes from like almost like the somehow the cores of the characters are set up to be at such odds, even though they don't seem at odds. I think Amy and Nick are at complete odds in a way even though they also are coming from the exact same place mm-hmm. um and it's like the more you learn about the characters the more you see how they conflict with each other in those like really profound ways for yeah. sharp objects was she the screenwriter as well do you happen uh, to know you know i think she did help with the screenwriting mm-hmm. yeah because i i didn't know this but she also did the screenwriting for the movie yeah, yeah, she did, which, I mean, you can tell because it has that tone. Uh-huh, And they yes. did a really good job of keeping that tone. Yes. Um, not that we're going to get into the, the movie right. just yet. But, right. yeah, it, I, yeah, she, I mean, I think she's got an amazing eye for not only really great kind of, not even, it's not thriller, but I guess, like, suspense, I guess. I, I mean, yeah. Like, oh, that's a good intrigue. point. Ooh, what intrigue. genre yeah. is this? I guess it would be yeah. thriller, like thriller, int- like mental intrigue, intrigue mental mystery, thriller. kind of. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not like a horror right. book, but at the same time, I mean, with the way that it turns, I think some men might consider this a horror book. <laughs> <laughs> I think <gasps> we should that... all consider it a horror book. Yeah. I mean, it's like kind of like very fatal attraction esque at the very end. You're like, oh my God, what did I marry? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. um, But yeah, I guess like mental intrigue, mental thriller, I guess would be the genre. I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. Food for thought. Try to categorize this book. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's one of those books, like, it's definitely a page turner, if you want to say it that way. Um, like there were definitely parts where I like could not put it down, um, Mm -hmm. just because I kept wanting to learn more. It felt like I could figure out the mystery if I kept reading. So yeah, mystery, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But obviously, I mean, okay. Did you call the, the twist halfway through? Did you feel anything coming on? Well, when did you read it the first time? Well, here's the thing. So I actually saw the movie first. Oh, okay. So you knew it was coming. I knew it. So yeah, that was like my one kind of complaint. And this is like a personal complaint to myself, like curse you past Aaron, is that I had seen the movie not realizing it was a book at the time. So I saw it when it had like first come out. Okay. So I knew the twist. So then by the time that I went back and read the book, it actually took me a while to get into it because I knew how it ended. Totally. And so once I got past the the first like third of the book, it started to get really interesting. And, and I already knew what the ending was, but that's why I told you to read the book first. Because yes. it really, really changes your view on the whole story if you know the ending. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think I don't think I called the twist. I think I was seriously considering that he had killed his wife. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it. Gosh, that once that once that uh, twist happened. I mean, let's talk about the twist. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like mean, I didn't see it coming this way. I like no. the whole time up to that I was like what could be going on? Like mm-hmm. so like I mean it could be that he just straight up murdered her, but I mean like that would be the most boring book. <laughs> like no way yeah. could that be it. And so it was like okay, so someone in the town or or like maybe, you know, so the the uh, scavenger hunts that she did all the time, it was like, okay, so she's obviously very, like, performative, you know, she's yeah. like, or maybe that's not the right word, but she's very, like, creative, Theatrical. thoughtful, that kind of thing. And it's like, okay, somehow, like, is she, I was thinking, is this part of her anniversary gift? Like, is this all a prank that she's pulling? Oh, and, like, yeah. the like, she didn't expect it to go this far or something, or, like, I don't know. And, like, but then, like, as Ty was like, no, no, it, it literally can't be that that doesn't make any sense and then yeah yeah, halfway through it's like part two and it was like oh oh Oh, my god yeah so like amy's character let's talk about her so her (laughs) i think again we go back to gillian flynn's kind of how she develops her characters amy in the first part of the book you keep we keep this bounce back of what's happening in real time with Nick and the investigation when his wife goes missing. And then it it butts up against diary entries from Amy that are like years prior to like when they first met up until, you know, almost present day, essentially. Mm-hmm. And her character in those entries sounds so sad and so kind of depressing she's like i just want to like make my husband happy and he like isn't making any effort and he just resents me and i turned into this horrible wife that i i promised myself i would never turn into and and like if we have a baby everything will be fine and like all these things are like oh my god this poor woman he totally murdered his wife because he just <laughs> wanted to get rid of her to be with his mistress and you're like this poor woman she's totally dead uh-huh. and then you know flip over to part two you start to have like that veil pull away where it's like oh no this this lady is psycho she planned her quote-unquote demise her missing and she like i mean she'd been planning this for like months yeah or not even like it sounds like long possibly longer than that because how long did she did it take her to find out that he was cheating on her yeah, yeah. Well, when because she first sees them when they're leaving the bar, but I don't remember mm-hmm. what. I don't remember where that is in the timeline on. of when yeah. he was starting to see her. Right. But ever since that point, she like she creates started. this crazy plan. Yeah. To basically pay back, give him payback for what uh-huh. he had done, and her definition of payback is having him be a suspect in her murder so that he will get the death penalty because Missouri is a death penalty state. Yes. And like one thing Gillian uh, Flynn takes a lot of time to make clear in from Amy's perspective is that it everything is win or lose. And like yeah. that is why she's so mad. She's so yep. mad because, because he, Nick got a one up on her or something, you know, like whatever yeah. she's like seeing as that, like he won, he humiliated her by cheating on yeah. her. And now, so now she has to get him back even worse. I know it's wild. And it's like, lady, you batch it. Oh like, <laughs> yeah. She's just like it's... an animal. And like, she has to like, yeah. even though there was like a few scenes where it's like, she has to like reiterate how 
bad she is like like mm-hmm. she has to tear down like this the the fake amy that gillian flynn uh you know was was writing for us and mm-hmm. we kind of got <laughs> attached to she has to then mm-hmm. like tear down in that second half by just like saying all these like horrible things that that yeah. amy this this the real the amy, real amy. <laughs> yeah what her actual opinions are yeah it's pretty amazing because they not only are they showing you know they finally show her true colors halfway uh-huh. through the book but then you start you're still flopping back and forth between her her reality and uh nick's reality and then nick starts to kind of investigate on his side of all these people who have had really shady history with amy yeah and all of them have ended up in like restraining orders mm-hmm. or people are getting like committed to the psych ward uh-huh. or like crazy or getting arrested and stuff like that because of like a horrific experience that Amy had with them and then it turns out that oh well one of her school friends was basically coerced and tricked into looking like she was stalking Amy and trying to kill Amy and then she ends up being accused of almost killing her by pushing her down the stairs and then she has to like she gets expelled and then has to move and like goes into like psych treatment and like all these things for that and this was when they were like 12. Yeah and all (laughs) from just these like little things. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, and if you're like, just like oh looking at it without the context of one of these people is saying this is bad, it just sounds like just people doing normal things. Like, like mm-hmm. uh, that girl was doing stuff like she cut her hair to look the same. Yeah, she um, asked her to dye her hair because she liked the color. So it was closer to her hair color. She told her to like go prank her mom by running up to her saying, I'm going to kill Amy and become the new Amy. Uh-huh. And it's like this. This chick is psycho. Like, and that was when they were 12, and I cannot. And she threw herself down the stairs and broke her ribs and her leg. And it's like, oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Whoo. Wild, wild. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. just like where she like starts. And yeah, like, I mean, like, yeah. I think his, yeah. his name is Tommy, the guy that um she is with. And then. Oh, yeah. They, like, do – he – I don't remember wh- how it ends, but he's the one where it's, like, he was – he tried to commit suicide in her bed or something, or or was that Desi? Oh, that's Desi. So, um, the t- – is it Tommy, Tony? Tommy um, O'Hara, I think is yeah, what it is so in the movie. Yeah, so Tommy was a boyfriend yeah. that she had before Des, and um, he, he was – Oh God! What was it? So he, they, they were together. He did something that she didn't like. Yeah. So then, but it was like she, he didn't want to go to a a thing. He didn't want to hang out with her. Something ridiculous. Like, like he just didn't yeah. want to do something that night. So then she like bought him some new ties that she thought he would like. That's and right. And then she got to his place and they got super super drunk. That's and then right. She wanted him to have like really aggressive really sex, sex with her. Yeah. And then he passes out and wakes up and there's cops at his door saying that she claimed that he had raped her and she's got like ligature marks on her wrists from Uh being bound by his ties, which are currently tied to his bedpost, which he did not remember happening. Yeah. So and and this is all like fabricated by I mean it's it's nuts. Like it the lengths that that Amy goes to to just like destroy lives because it she got cranky with them for XYZ reasons. It's nuts. Yes. Nuts. And like and it's like kind of like sprinkled in there, but like her upbringing, uh the daughter of 
What did her parents do before the book? They were psychiatrists. Okay, yeah. So they were already like pretty successful or mildly successful at least. Yeah, they write the Amazing Amy series, which yes. is supposed to be like uh, like a kind of helper's guide for parents on how to deal with like their children, essentially. Mm-hmm. And they just like profited on their child, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah, and like all the things that like she does in her life, Amy does, mm-hmm. then Amazing Amy does better. It better. Or yeah, yeah, does the version that her parents wanted her to do or whatever. Yeah. And like yeah. in, in the books, like she, in the book, she talks about how also she was the, her, her mom kept getting pregnant and failing or not failing pregnancy and having miscarriages Um, (laughs) and uh, and kept doing it. And it was like the doctors were like, you know, you should really stop. And the mom was like, I'm just going to keep doing it until it works. And like she was the eighth one, the eighth uh, uh, pregnancy. And it took finally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And like so her parents were like it was something like they couldn't even it was like they didn't really even plan to have a kid. They just they expected her not to come through again. And so it was like yeah. she really was amazing Amy. Like that kind of thing is like where that was but coming she, from. And then just yeah. the pressure from her parents yeah. like wanting a kid so bad that they make up, they have a kid and then that's not even enough. And so they have to make a whole story, a whole book series about mm-hmm. their other kid. And whew, and like the whole time yeah. she's like, I, I don't remember what it is, but there's one section in the book where like, they say Amy was young and, and she like did something and she got attention from her parents or something. And like ever since then, it's just been about getting attention, like being, yeah. you know, being the center of people's lives. Yeah. I don't remember what I don't part remember. that is. It's it's when she's still talking uh, like in her diary. Yeah. Kind of sections in the beginning. I don't remember what the actual event was, but yeah, something yeah. she did caused her parents to like completely hone in and focus on her which then inspired her for literally the rest of her life yes <laughs> to always be the center of attention and yes. to always be the best thing in the room yes yes and, and that's what she's always trying to be unhealthy. is the best yes <laughs> yeah. unhealthy to the extreme yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god her character is woof her character is just so emotionally damaged and like the trauma there that not only that she kind of brings wherever she goes to other people on top of the trauma that she obviously is not dealing with on her end oh absolutely i mean yeah i mean it's almost i mean i i don't know i was reading it as if like she is a complete just i don't know the correct words sociopath psychopath yeah. i don't know yep she has sociopath no is empathy. absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> she like yeah. just does not see people as people like well and you can tell by the kind of juxtaposition of her diary entries versus her actual thought processes yes she can feign the whole oh i'm really worried my husband's going to harm me and i just want him to love me and he's out to get me and she like writes that knowing full well what that will come off like right and that, then you see yes. on the flip side she you're knows like oh my god people should yeah. feel this so that people yeah. see that that's the feeling that this fake yeah. person has and, and to yeah, make yeah, them yeah. feel sociopath yeah yes. totally and that right there is like the full scope of oh my god not only are you fully aware of what these kinds of details will incite from people but you did it on purpose yeah like, 
<laughs> yeah, you wanted that. You used yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Crazy. And, and yet again, we have, you know, Gillian Flynn having a super, super complex and very destructive both self-destructive and just overall destructive character. Yeah. Which I, I keep thinking of like sharp objects too, where her characters are just so broken mm-hmm. <laughs> in so many ways, emotionally, mentally. I yeah. mean, it's it's nuts. And honestly, like Nick is not really any better. He's not quite sociopath status, but he's definitely not a good person. No, yeah, <laughs> like, he's definitely not a good person. But I, like he does, he knows that what he's doing is wrong. He just doesn't yeah. have the emotional vocabulary to he just deal care. with it. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Amy yeah. knows what she's doing is wrong, and she has the vocabulary to make other people <laughs> look like yeah. it's their fault you know like yeah i mean her words are literally weapons yeah and she knows exactly how to use it to her advantage because she's like honed it to a science by this point yes as you can see of all the people she's destroyed along yeah. the way yeah it's nuts. there's one line that i didn't write down and i wish i did but it's something about like she is a thorn bush she's like bristling like a thorn bush and he is he's like filled with stab wounds from his dad and her thorns fit perfectly into his stab wounds something like that and oh. yeah which is such a messed up analogy but yeah. isn't it just perfect for the two of them to be I mean, honest? yeah like codependence like... on the worst scale possible like yeah. she needs someone to Man, I don't even know. What do you think she needs? Like, what is she? Why does she stay with Nick in the end? I that's a great question. I think, yeah. So, like at the very like for those who have not read or seen it yet, the kind of the ending is you know she does her crazy sorcery stuff, ends up coming home, and it's like, oh no, I was abducted by a former lover, and he killed. I killed him to get away. Yeah, I guess maybe we should go over that real quick. Yeah, it's like I was. Well, we'll come back to that. I was like, I was a sex slave. Oh, and now I'm back. And then she basically like holds other collateral over Nick's head saying, I have all of these things on standby to basically reintroduce you as a conspirator to have me killed if you don't stay with me and act like the good doting husband. Yeah, like her story is so perfect Mm -hmm. that there's like literally no holes. Like he needs Mm -hmm. to play along or yeah. like if he, if he now at this point, if he doesn't play along, then like her story would yeah. fall apart, I guess. Or no, I guess it can't fall apart either way. No, but no. But for them to continue to be together. In. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the reason that she stayed with him, I don't know if it's like a combination of her knowing that she can manipulate him mm-hmm. on top of maybe a fraction of her thinking that he is good for her like i honestly don't know because it seems like she's really only ever been in it for what benefits her Mm -hmm. like she's not really thinking of other people she's thinking of how people are in respect to her yeah yeah so i don't know i honestly i mean because the whole tipping point is you know she's off in the middle of hodunk nowhere and is watching all the news 
and is like keeping tabs on where they're at with the investigation yeah, and how long it'll take. It. Yeah, and how long it'll take for him to get arrested and and yeah. convicted. Because and, that's her goal. She wants to see yeah. him go to jail and then she will kill herself. Um, right, which is even crazier that yeah. it's like, oh no, we can't stop at the fact that I'm going to let him get convicted of a murder that he obviously did not do and I'm going to watch it happen. Yeah. But after that, just to sell it, I have to make sure that I kill myself to just seal the deal. It's like, yeah. who thinks like this? Like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong. And if I'm not wrong, this is how it should be. This is my headcanon, is that <laughs> okay, she good. was going to kill herself out of, I don't know, like shame or whatever. She just felt the feeling and didn't know how to deal with it. Of like, I'm going to go kill myself. And then so oh. she was like, but I can't let him win. I, that can't be how it is. So the story of my suicide will actually be the story of my murder by the man who did kill me. This guy, yeah. my husband, Nick, who, who because he dragged her out of her beautiful New York home into this nowhere land town, like, I guess technically he did kill her, you know, from Amy's perspective, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, because, I mean, they definitely don't show her having any sort of remorse whatsoever. No. But wouldn't that be interesting if there's, like, on a subconscious level, she was having guilt about putting him through that and potentially having him be convicted of murder. Oh, see, Gosh. I think she is seeing it more at the end there. I think she's seeing it more like, um, well, I heard this thing about like promotions or like jobs or whatever. You rise to the level of your mediocrity or like you get promoted Ooh. until you're not good at your job anymore. And then you just kind of stay there. <laughs> and then just stagnant. Yeah. yeah. And so like, maybe she like has like gone up. She's, where is she going to go from here? You know, like she has That's faked her point. own death. She did it pretty well. There's nowhere else to go. From There's there, nowhere else yeah. to go. She had the money and now it's gone. And then she had Desi, but it turns out that he's a total creep. And so she yeah. killed him. And so now she's just going to come do. back. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. this is God. her third backup plan, basically. And it's still going well. That's a good point. Yeah, because that I, that. Yeah, I think you might be right is that, you know, maybe that's why she stayed with him is because there was nowhere else for her to go from there mm -hmm. because their relationship or whatever you want to call it there yeah. seems to be like the best outcome that she can achieve because my guess is she thinks nobody else would be able to put up with her. Yeah. Or maybe like Nick would start telling everybody what actually happened and then she would then, you know, potentially be arrested or at least like blacklisted from everywhere or something like that. Yeah, and I think I they know. even talk about this at the end. I think she says like no one else could know her like he does. Like no one else mm -hmm. knows the truth of who she is. And yeah. also no one will know him like she does. Like he will never be able to explain this trauma to anyone else but he doesn't have to explain it to the person who yeah. did it to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, and she even says, like, she rationalizes their relationship as, you know, I literally have killed for you. Like, yeah, that's who right. Who else is ever going to say this for you? Yeah. Or ever going to do this for you? Yeah. Which is why we are supposed to be together. And not only is that the craziest rationale ever, but he agrees yeah. with her. And it's like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, these two are literally made for each other in the sense that they're both batshit. Like, yeah. I, uh, what a dynamic. Like, 
I, I, I'm like speechless with their dynamic. Yeah, Every time it's I think so interesting. It. <laughs> I do wish they had like gone into like, why, what is it about Nick that made it easy for him to, to stay living with her? Like mm-hmm. he had this thing with his dad, but like, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Like, I, yeah. I wish there was something about him where it's like him staying with her was just like an extra little twist of like, oh, he fell back into another habit. Got sucked back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think that with Nick's character, they really push his kind of personality as being, the, you know, like in the investigation, um, is it, uh, oh, what's the investigator's name? Boney. Boney, thank you. Um, Boney makes a comment a couple times like, oh, you're the baby of the family, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And and she's like, yeah, you don't really have, you don't expect to have to, to make any sort of initial effort. You're used to having people make decisions before you or around you, uh-huh. before you. And that that comes up a couple times you're throughout so the book. so right, yes. And I wonder if that's part of it is that he just accepted being with her because it was easier than making a decision for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because he does that over and over and over where things like he, he almost has kind of like a martyr syndrome where things happen to him. Yeah. Not because of something that he has done. Right. And I wonder if that's part of it is his personality is just he gravitates towards people who are more strong willed than he is. Uh-huh. Who can just make decisions for him because it's easier than actually thinking for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's definitely it. Because, yeah, they do. Yeah. They She does make that comment a lot. And, like, he mm-hmm. even r- remarks to himself about how she's trying to make him mad when Oh, yeah. When she's she trying to bait him. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, oh, God, going back to Nick again, his character – the great again the great i guess great slash awful we'll say awful thing about <laughs> nick <laughs> and getting that inner monologue on the book side is you get to see that that kind of damage that he has gotten from his father as mm-hmm. far as like being really like misogynistic mm-hmm. cuz his father is old and has is kind of senile and oh definitely has, senile like, has yeah has no filter whatsoever so the the random scenes that you do see him in all he's doing is cussing out women and calling them horrible names and uh-huh. is completely derogatory towards them for no reason and he's like that pretty much every single time you see him yeah and you see the resentment from Nick of like oh i hate my father he's a horrible human being mm-hmm. he he basically killed my mother and i hate him mm-hmm. but then on the flip side you you catch him in his monologues doing the same kind of comments yes about women around him so he does it about bony he does it about he does it about um amy and he mm-hmm. does it about a whole bunch of other women that he encounters and it's all internalized. Totally. But it, that's that's also kind of where you start to feel like, oh, my God, did he murder his wife? Because you see that aggression, mm-hmm. that pent up aggression, mm-hmm. specifically towards women. Yeah. Like he doesn't really have those kinds of responses towards the men mm-hmm. nearly as much as the women. Definitely And it's not. the same exact language that you hear the father saying, but he's saying it externally. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is internal. But Definitely. Oh, just such a complicated and yeah but you know i will also person. say i think the worst thing that amy does or i mean okay this is a good one what's the worst thing she does but the thing that i was like 
really like it like got my blood boiling right away again was she went to go visit his dad and would sit there and whisper in his ear i love you come to me i love you come visit me over and over and over again come stay with me and so when he kept because he breaks into the house or he like breaks out and goes to the house like two or three times Mm -hmm. and every time it's like oh geez Yeah. yeah and then she says that like like offhandedly almost in the second half that like that's like something she did and it was like oh my god she's so, so monster I, she is a monster yeah. it's like so deliberate and so meticulously planned and it's so messed up like, yeah everything she does yeah everything is messed up yeah and it's like at the beginning when we we're reading the fake Amy's diaries of, and like her memories of like, oh, we were out on this thing and it was so fun and whatever. And then mm-hmm. uh, we read Nick, you know, he's like remembering that thing, too. And he's remembering it. Oh, she was just nagging me the whole time. And then later on, we're yeah. like hearing who she really is. And it's like, oh, she literally probably was. <laughs> like, yeah, this she was time. deliberately doing that. <laughs> yeah, yep, I know. I know. And it's it's so hard because you're like, how do you point the finger at either of them when both of them are horrible human beings for completely different reasons? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's a uh, woof. I just that dynamic, man. Gillian Flynn at it again because it's wild and it's so stress inducing to read just the trash can on fire that is those two characters. Yeah. (laughs) It's like this crazy chess game that she sets up for Mm -hmm. herself and like, how are they gonna come at each other? Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it spirals. And the fact that they they end up together again at the very end, I'm like, dude, what was the whole point of that? Yeah. Why yeah. did you do this? Yeah, I mean, oh like it. I was definitely getting like the codependence, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of like like a toxic. What is a toxic relationship? Like that's one. Oh my god! You know, to like the extreme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So toxic. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Oh my god. Yeah. Well. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, we could we could just take multiple episodes just to break down the book (laughs) there's a lot of layers to the book but let's let's transition a little bit to the film adaptation Mm -hmm. and kind of break that down so um i am gonna read a quick synopsis about that bad boy and then we'll get going in the conversation so in carthage missouri former new york-based writer nick dunn played by ben affleck and his glamorous wife amy played by rosamund pike present a portrait of a blissful marriage to the public however when amy goes missing on the couple's fifth wedding anniversary nick becomes the prime suspect in her disappearance the resulting police pressure and media frenzy caused the dunn's image of a happy union to crumble leading to tantalizing questions about who nick and amy Amy truly are. Ooh, who are they really? So, ve- yeah, <laughs> very. I feel like this is a very different vibe. Yeah. Than the book description that you read. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on that? The book definitely is like. <laughs> the book says the town golden boy parades a series of lies, deceits, and inappropriate <laughs> behavior. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, this yeah. one just says Nick becomes the prime suspect in her disappearance. Mm-hmm. Certainly one of them is pointing us towards an image and the other one is pointing yeah. us a little less. 
Uh, that's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, I feel like this description is a lot more of a like a whodunit vibe. And the yeah. other one is like intrigue and is he who he says he is? And I mean, it is kind of still a whodunit, but a very different vibe. Yeah, it um, really is. And I guess it's because with a movie, we're going to know we're going to know the end within two hours or whatever, you know, right, three hours right. you if you're going to be an end game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. With a you book, though, quite a bit. Yeah, it could be weeks before you know the end of like what it is. Like the the way you consume the story is a little different. And so, like mm-hmm. with the movie, maybe the the premise of the happy the the image of the happy union is crumbling, tantalizing mm-hmm. questions about who they really are. Like that's <laughs> like ooh, let's ask some tantalizing questions and answer them within two hours. Whereas the book is like <laughs> the hey, this wife has disappeared, and the husband is almost certainly the murderer. And it's like that's there, the there. premise. <laughs> then obviously you're gonna something's have something's amiss. Yes, something's <laughs> gonna be amiss within the the next. 500 pages you have for me like (laughs) like, I guess that kind of starts the mystery off right away Mm -hmm. yeah no that's a really good point and I I think they focus a lot more on I guess from the from the movie perspective they focus a lot more on I guess I'm trying to how much how much this is so they they definitely still capture the whole back and forth of Nick's recollections of present time versus her fake diary entries for Amy. And then eventually it flips over to what's really happened with Amy and then present day for both of them. Yeah. But I feel like in the movie, the focus is more on like they're in a loveless relationship Mm -hmm. at that point. Not so much that, I don't know. I feel like the bitterness is not nearly as strong from the movie perspective. Yeah. Um, a wise man once wrote, uh, <laughs> the movie captured <laughs> many moments well, but none of the impact. <laughs> there it is. Bring it back. <laughs> yes, I totally Nailed agree. <laughs> Full circle. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, like all of the beats were there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the the f- the fact of him. I mean, this is kind of getting into comparison. So, blah, blah, blah. yeah. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, mm. Yes, they they do kind of just kind of jump from one important beat to the next mm-hmm. without giving us time to like soak in what these like little gestures mean to the big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no time for that. Right, right. And that's the thing is, you know, with a movie versus a miniseries or a book, mm. it is you have to really condense down, right? Yeah. What? Gone Girl as a miniseries. Oh, oh my God. Wouldn't God. that have been so good? That would have probably yeah. been really good. Yeah. Again, we go back to Sharp Objects where it was a miniseries. Exactly. Yes. To cover so much more content and give it so much more life. Yeah. Um, which... Not to say that this movie was not good. It was it was yeah. good. It was thrilling, but the book had so much energy. And now we're getting into comparison territory, so mm-hmm. we'll back off a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll try to stay on point here for a little longer. Yeah. But um yeah, the from the movie perspective, like how did you feel that the actors portrayed the characters? Like, do you feel like it was pretty decent yeah. from what you had kind of envisioned in your head? 
yeah, like certain um, Boney, I think that was exactly how uh, who I oh, had nice. in my mind. Like not not yeah, she's uh, a really solid I, character. Yeah, yeah, she, and, and she played it really well. Um, that's exactly mm-hmm. how that I is imagined Kim, her. Kim Kim Dickens, yes, who played her. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. She was the one who I thought was that, that was like literally exactly what I imagined. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think everyone. I think everyone did it well, even if they weren't like what I imagined they would look like or how I thought they might be. Um, mm-hmm. Even like like Neil Patrick Harris as Desi Collings. I know. Like what a wild card that they throw Neil Patrick yes. Harris in there, and he's such a minor part. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Neil Patrick Harris, I love you. Yeah, and, <laughs> and like, he's so creepy. Oh yeah, and you said Ospel, so that's because that's yeah, he says he's, that. Yeah, <laughs> he does. And um, how I met your mother. Yes, yeah, he's, it is Ospel. Yeah, and what? So 2012, what was happening then? He must have been what was going on 2000. I guess how I met your mother wasn't over yet. He was still in it. Oh, so 2014 is the the movie, the book. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, 2014. But yeah, I think I think that it was still going on at that point. But yeah, God, Neil Patrick Harris, he he might have been super busy and just wanted a minor role, Maybe. but he, he did a great but, job with that role. Yeah, even that it was very minor. He was also in the um, cinema classic. I believe it was called Beastly. Uh, which is like oh. the. Um, uh, I think I've seen that one. Imagine a movie version of a CW show version of Beauty and the Beast, but it's a movie. Oh, I have heard of that. Yeah. I never saw it. But <laughs> yeah. That sounds He's... about as good as the description. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's in that too as like another side character, but I think it came okay. out around the same time ish. Okay. Yeah, he was good and like not who I imagined or how I imagined that character would be. But then the second I saw that it was him, it was like, oh, yeah, that's actually perfect. That's maybe better than what I yeah. was thinking. It's clearer now. Yeah, yeah. I It took me a little bit to warm up to his character from the film adaptation side because I was like, mm. I, I didn't I imagined him to be more like smarmy and really waspy than that. Yeah, you know who else would have been good is like modern army hammer would have been a good Desi Collings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Totally. Uh, Yeah. And once I started kind of seeing his interaction more, especially towards the end with Amy's character and how like skeezy he Uh came off, I was like, oh no, he is perfect yes. for this role yeah um it took a little bit to warm up because like i love neil patrick harris but i was like this is an odd choice of a role for you but i see it now and i'm like yes i appreciate this yeah yeah whoever cast this movie had a pretty good eye because that's exactly what <laughs> yeah. i was thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah they did a good job and honestly like um i think my favorite character depicted like depiction was actually played by rosamund pike who did amy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i thought she nailed that role. Like she did like crazy eyes and all that. She nailed it. Yes. Like, yeah. It was a terrifyingly perfect performance for that character, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the movie um I Care a Lot is what it's called. It's oh, on Netflix. I have not. Yeah, it's on my radar. I have not watched that yeah, yet. She's yeah, she's in that heard. one too. Um yes, she's a good she's good for that for that role. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I thought she did really well. And I thought like she, she had the right kind of energy to be both like the kind of softer, uh, as she calls herself, cool Amy. Um, Mm -hmm. she had that energy. And then she also has the, um, 
crazy eyes. Crazy <laughs> eyes, like <laughs> wide open, but completely slow heartbeat insanity kind of craziness. <laughs> <laughs> Serena yeah, Joy she, from yeah. Mermaid's Tale kind of intensity. Oh my God. She, God, she nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, she does, she definitely plays like the perfect demure, like beautifully poised character for like the public Amy yeah. versus private Amy where it's like that complete flip of you're like, you crazy. Uh-huh. And she's and she's just like so stunning and perfect and like the beautiful hair and the cheekbones. I mean, she's like just perfectly iconic for that role. Yeah. They, the, the common thread is they always say like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. And everybody says it like, she's just so perfect. She's so beautiful. And it's like, well, they picked a really good person to play her because oh. she is stunning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then we go go back to Ben Affleck, where we have no opinions. He's, he is Ben Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. I um, watched some some review of the movie, and they had mentioned how he, like, at the time, I guess. I mean, again, I don't know anything about his personal life or whatever, whatever. But like, I guess he was in. He's been in the news, mm-hmm. um, dealing with you know. Uh, paparazzi and stuff his whole life so like yeah. he's like a good he's a good person personality to even to be this character because we kind of already see him this way as yeah. kind of a persecuted media figure mm-hmm. minus the murder minus the murder probably yeah. <laughs> I mean who knows hopefully life is long <laughs> hopefully yeah time will tell yeah I thought um, I mean obviously like the casting is really good and I what I I always like I have very big things that I always look out for in films is like the casting, the score choice, and also like the cinematography style. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did a really good job, especially with the flipping back and forth between Nick's perspective and Amy's like fake memories in her diary entries. Mm-hmm. I think that transition, I really enjoyed how they did that. Yeah. It gave it a really nice soft light of like actual remembrance, basically. So like we're 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 acting like this is all in, it is all in the past. So you're kind of having this recollection, and they kind of soften the edges, and they're able to give it a different light than what's actually happening yeah. in real time. Yeah, and I you know I was even gonna say like I feel like the scenes where they're we're looking at her writing in the diary actually do look like an old '90s mm-hmm. movie, like the way they're yeah. shot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it it definitely paints a a very distinctive picture between what her fake diary entries kind of give off that that kind of like nice soft shimmer of like oh she just wanted her husband to love her and the, the sad like tragic storyline and then it's you go to her real life for her and it's much harsher and it's not that perfect picturesque style they they bring it back to the quote unquote reality format like they do with Nick Mm -hmm. when he's going through the whole like rigmarole of the police questioning him and having to like follow the trail of her crazy uh, scavenger hunt and all that so it you can actually see the tonal change through the cinematography which I really enjoyed yeah I think they did a good job yeah and it's um, the same guy David Fincher who did Sharp Objects is that correct am I wrong maybe I'm wrong I don't think he okay edit that out um (laughs) (laughs) um, 
Let me, okay, let me do let me do some research that I did um, beforehand. Actually, I actually did oh, yeah. some uh, research uh, beforehand, and uh, what else David Fincher has done is uh, seven. So uh, oh so yeah, oh I can totally see that vibe. Actually, yes, and Fight Club, very yep. interesting. Yep, I can totally huh. see that. <clears throat> yeah, you know, what I was going to say is that I kind of felt like it was a little bit not, uh, I, I'm going to say flat, but just like, mm. I don't mean flat. I don't know. Maybe I'll, mm-hmm. maybe I'll be able to describe what I'm trying to say better when we get to the comparison part. But it was a little yeah. bit like, um, here it is. Like, here you go. Here's what you're seeing. And this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And like, pretty straightforward. Yes, straightforward. Mm-hmm. Very. Um, it didn't have a lot of like questions. I thought like it was. Pr- mm-hmm. It would. It would present like, and here is a reason why you should feel uneasy about uh, something. Very, very handholding. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I definitely see that. Yeah. And again, it kind of goes back to the whole. You have a certain allotted amount of time. Right. That you have to basically create this story yeah. and have it make sense with only this amount of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So I can see why it did feel rushed um, at certain parts mm-hmm. for sure. And again, the the whole beauty of the book, you know, I feel like we're already in the comparison section, so let's just jump okay. in. <laughs> we're, I know. It's so hard to keep track. Yes. So yeah, like, no, we're in it, guys. Okay, so- Time to compare. With, I know, yes. So with the book- that's, I think, because you can take your time to kind of break down the story, that tension is so much stronger and more palpable oh, yeah. than you can really capture with the movie. Yeah. And I and I think it really does just come down to how much time you're given to execute, you know, from A to Z. And that tension was there, but not nearly as strong as the book was, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. And there's um, <clears throat> the first moment that was clear to me was when in the book, he talks about how um, he has like kind of this fake smile that he puts on sometimes. Oh, and like it's a smile yeah. he uses to kind of get women to, you know, relax, get people to relax. Oh, it, he they talk about it because he's so attractive that like the smile like makes people relax around him or something. It's something mm-hmm. he does to like offset that he's so attractive or something. Yeah, and he also does it to like basically, it's like his awkward response to like when he doesn't know what to do, he just smiles. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's just what he does yeah. to kind of disarm his situations. And mm-hmm. so then when we're taking the picture of him and uh, next to the big picture of Amy and- mm-hmm. In, in the book, he's talking about it, how, like, all the pictures are there, all the cameras are going off, and, like, don't do it, don't do it. He really doesn't want to do it. And then he smiles. He smiles. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. That's how the chapter yeah. ends. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, I, know. <laughs> then, I know. That is such a tense and such an uncomfortable moment. Yes. And in the movie, if you didn't know that that smile thing is even a thing, in that moment mm-hmm. where he smiles in front of the picture of Amy, you can see Ben Affleck mm-hmm. give us a little like, ooh, I shouldn't be smiling. And it kind of comes up later, but it does not anywhere have the same force that that first smile mm-hmm. does. 
Yeah, I think in especially in that scene. So that's the scene where they're doing that initial press conference, right? right. Where they're first announcing that she's gone missing. Yeah. So that's that whole scene is nuts for multiple reasons. But yeah, the smile is a big one. So you don't have that background of what he's thinking in his head in the movie. But I feel like because you don't have that background, it just makes him look like a total jerk and insensitive, Mm -hmm. which is true technically, Mm -hmm. but not for those reasons. Whereas in the book, you see him actively trying not to do it. And he's so uncomfortable that he still does it. And I feel like... It is a little bit of sympathy points in the book because you you see that inner struggle, whereas in the movie, it's just like, what are you doing, you big asshole? Like, yeah. why are you smiling and announcing your wife has been missing for a, a day or two? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, in the book, I, you know, my opinion going through it was of him was like, man, he's he's nervous or whatever when he's smiling. And it's like, yeah, this is what you get for your entire life you've gotten to float through on this and now it's like all these little yeah. tricks that you've learned how to float through life Don't every single work. one of them is gonna backfire yeah. on you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and then also in that scene he when he's describing like my wife has been missing uh-huh. Her name is Amy, and he's like going through the motions of describing like oh that, we just want to see her scene. like yeah yeah like he's just like we just want to see her home safely. So if you, anybody has any information, please call the hotline. And he's like really like abrupt and very short on his like what he's saying about his wife. Yeah. And then they they pan over to Amy's parents who are also there, and they like go through the whole she's a beautiful young woman. Yeah. She's one of the nicest people ever. She's our beautiful daughter, and we just want to see her home. Anybody who knows anything, please call us. And if whoever is holding her hostage or whatever, like, we won't press charges. We just want our daughter back. And they, like, have this, like, heartfelt plea to have their daughter back. And he's just like, yeah, my wife's missing. We don't know where she is. So I guess, I don't know, call us. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's like, you are her husband. Why are you not more distraught? Yeah. And that's the whole thing is like, when something (laughs) horrible happens in your life, everyone else has an idea of how you're supposed to react. And if you don't act that way, everyone will suspect you, even if you're innocent. If you don't act the way people want you to, they will think you've done something wrong. And yeah. and yeah, I think that's it's like re-illustrated later when he is like when he kind of catches on to the game that Amy has been playing the whole time and realizes that she's mm-hmm. probably still watching. And then he starts being like, I'll pretend to be the doting husband that you want. And then right. it gets him off the hook by getting her to, you know come back yeah to come back to see like how her plan has failed twice and so now she's gonna go to her third fallback plan which is just giving it all up i guess and and just going back and he was able to convince her of that by yeah doing what in order to play into the sociopath's hand he had to do what everyone wanted him to do wild yeah which kind of blows my mind that the way that he kind of fixed the situation was by basically bringing himself to her level of sociopathic tendencies of playing a role to appease her and to appease the public because he goes in front of the camera with I cannot remember the interviewer's name where she's like a really big interviewer yeah. she does like she's very well known and does a lot of kind Schreiber. of like the hot topics what was her name Schreiber 
Schreiber? Yeah, something like that. And so he, you know, it's, I, I feel like, I can't remember if they really focused this much on the book side, but on the film side, you know, he's wearing the cufflinks that she got him. Right. He's wearing the tie that she got him. And like these things that he's wearing and, and she, like his sister Margot is like, you hate all of these things. He's like, he's like, no, I don't. I love the gifts that Amy gave me yeah. because I am a good husband who wants to see my wife come home. Yep. And I was like, damn, that's creepy. Yeah. But you nailed it because that, I mean, that's literally what it did is he did all these like, I'm a horrible person, but that doesn't mean I killed my wife and I messed up and I just want her to come home. And like he played the dutiful husband role and it's it was just like he he leveled up to that, you know, extra sociopathic level to to pair with his crazy uh-huh. wife. <laughs> yeah. Which is so messed up. Yeah. Yeah, and and something that I didn't really get, but having watched a review or two, um I thought mm-hmm. this was an interesting observation is that by the end of the story, Nick has now turned into the person that Amy said he was in the first place, which is someone who's like mm. fantasizing about killing his wife and someone who is because at least in the book, they he really makes it clear. He's like, and I'm sitting there thinking of like all the ways I'm going to kill her and like thinking of like strangling yeah. her. Or no, he says like, even at one point, he's like, I imagine bashing my wife's head in or um, like the way that he alluded or whatever that he might have killed mm-hmm. her earlier in the book. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that was pretty great. Yeah, that just made me think it's almost like inadvertently Amy made him into what she wanted. Yeah. yeah. Because I think because originally she was like, oh, I'm just going to break him. Yeah. I don't care what happens to him. I'm going to win. Yes. And break him in the process. And then she realizes, I think, when that he goes on television and and says all Uh these things, I think she realizes, oh, there's the potential here for me to mold him. Yes. She finally to be what I want him to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she brought Which him to heal. Messed up on a whole nother level. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting because, like, I mean, obviously, no most of us probably don't know people like this, like who would go to <laughs> such crazy lengths. Uh, to do such yeah. things. But also I bet all of us have had moments in our lives where it's like yeah, maybe it would have been so much easier for me to just, like, talk to this person. <laughs> like, if my husband yeah. is cheating on me, it would probably be easier for me just to talk to him and say, like, you know what? I don't want to live here. You're cheating on me. I'm leaving. We're done. Let's just call it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, leave it to a sociopath to be like, I'm going to one-up you so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to destroy both of our lives because you destroyed mine. Just to prove a point. Yeah. Yeah, it's so messed up. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I just like can't wrap my head around the rationale if you can even call it that. Totally. Of that whole kind of process. It's it's such good writing. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's yes. So that was definitely an experience I was having while reading it. Probably like halfway through at least I started thinking like, "Oh, I'm really this is a really good book." Like, it's not just mm-hmm. that I like this book. Like Hunger it's Games solid. was like all the way through was like, "I really like this book. I'll keep reading this." Mm-hmm. One of those books that you just don't put down. But I wasn't like, oh, this is a masterwork. Whereas like halfway (laughs) through this book, it's like, oh, I have no like I am on a ride that has been carefully curated (laughs) by someone who is like just really planned out every feeling that I'm about to have. Like 
It's really yeah. something else. Yeah. The way they get you to hate, or the way she, Gillian Flynn, gets us to hate Amy in that second half of the book is insane. Like um, the the way she spits into the food, which in the movie she spits into <laughs> one drink. Yeah, so that's when she's uh, on the run, essentially, and she's, like, that's staying right. in, like, this weird divey motel, right? That's right. So, While yeah. She's, like, waiting out the time to see how his trial, if it ever gets there, does. That's right. Yeah, basically, at this point, she's mm-hmm. she's committed her... F- crime i guess it is a crime like to oh yeah, yeah. she faked her own yeah. death and is framing someone i'd call it a crime <laughs> yeah, <if> it is <laughs> conspiracy oh, yeah. to murder yourself at least um yeah yeah right God. um yeah Wild. and she goes straight to this um secluded campsite which in the book mm-hmm. seemed to be like a really run down kind of grungy place weird motel yeah in the movie it was kind of nice I was surprised at how nice it was. It was nicer, but then the clientele was still kind of like... Yeah, the clientele were still the same. Lower end. It was an interesting yeah. like uh, side story to go on in the book where she goes up there and she meets the she meets that guy who brings her fish or whatever. And they even have that, um, that scene. Well, that's when, when they're chasing the money belt. Yeah, when he's he's stealing the catfish from a restaurant and reselling them. Yes. Well, yeah, it's under the... Uh, yeah, the docks, is it a restaurant right? that's doing that? It is. And, it's a restaurant with it's like right on the docks and they have fresh fresh uh, uh, catfish uh-huh. that they serve at the restaurant and he goes in and steals catfish and then goes and sells it to other people by marking up the yeah, price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you do. Uh-huh, as you, you know. do. He's an entre- entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we learned that because he invited Amy out to, or what's, right. whatever her to... name is, Susan or something, I think. She changes her name like three times oh, yeah. or something. Because it's like, depending on who she's talking to, she changes like, oh, is this my name? And I'm from New Orleans or, oh, I'm from Georgia. Uh-huh. It's like. And then they they kind of catch on is like where where are you from again? And she's like, oh, you know, New Orleans. Like, oh, is it not Georgia? Uh huh. <laughs> so, but yeah, that yeah, that whole segment they kind of cut a lot of that they out really of did, the movie, yeah. which I I kind of see. It's kind of a tangent, and it just kind of gives more texture of what she was doing in the interim. But I don't think that it was necessarily important. For the plot, technically. Yeah, it just kind of gave more yeah. flavor to, like, how her plan... W- really, once she changed her plan in the book is when it really started to fall apart. Like, if she had just yeah. stuck to the plan, she probably could have pulled it off. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and they they hit all of the highlights in, in the movie where, you know, the whole reason that she has to completely switch gears is because... They steal her money, mm-hmm. and then she's like, "Well, shit! Now what am I gonna do?" And then she goes to Desi, and you know, plays the whole sob story of, "Oh, my husband beat me, uh-huh. and I was afraid for my life, so I ran away and pretended that I died." Mom. <laughs> so she does that whole thing, and it's like, "You crazy!" Uh-huh. Um, and then he, of course, comes, you know, running back to her, and then if it turns out he also a little crazy, but yeah, it, it just they they have to really condense down to the highlights of like you know she gets her way to Desi he's really overbearing so then she pretends that he was holding her hostage as a sex slave Uh and like does all these crazy things and then ends up killing him as you do yeah but there's so much more filler in the book of like 
he's got this crazy greenhouse with all these tulips that he like had specially delivered uh-huh. for her and they will flower year round and like it and then he like helps her re-dye her hair and like really creepy stuff that it doesn't capture the creepy as well in the movie i think overbearing is more mm-hmm. in the movie for neil patrick harris's character than genuinely like stalker creepy in the book. yeah i agree <laughs> i like in the book and see it's interesting because in the book they had a lot more like moments of like maybe this is gonna be okay to it's definitely not okay um yeah, yeah. like it, like her room yeah. is painted pink which was her favorite color in high school or or whenever they were dating yeah dude i'm now almost 40. yeah we have moved yeah on. exactly <laughs> uh but he's like apparently made this whole little his uh, it's his lake house um that he's just made up to be like a castle for amy just in case is kind of like how it kind of comes off in the which book which is so creepy so creepy yeah and like so creepy yeah but but you're totally right like in the movie he's definitely doesn't come off as like as much of a creep as amy mm-hmm. in the books he kind of does in in the movie yeah. he definitely comes off as like Almost not quite a, uh, I was going to say victim of circumstance, which obviously he is, but like, he's like, mm-hmm. he, he was being used by Amy the whole time. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, t- like everybody in her. Yes. Life. Yeah. Yes. The movie has a much more sympathetic view of Desi than the book did. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Well, and I, yeah, I agree. I think especially when you know like the circumstances as to like she's got a restraining order against him he tried to commit suicide in her bed yeah and they don't they like barely touch on that in the movie uh-huh. and also like the the initial like when nick meets him like when he goes adve- investigating and goes and finds him at his house the exchange in the book he like lets him come into the house uh-huh. He talks to him and is like super arrogant and really like very waspy, like I was saying before. Yes, and his mom gets and, involved. And his mom is there, and his mom is like they're, they're and just she like smells really vaginal. like rich. <laughs> <laughs> Which is disturbing. yeah. He Nick mentions that twice, and then Amy talks about it again later on. In the Which book. is such a creepy yeah. descriptor. It's like, why? Why would you throw that? Yeah, in there? and it's what? like because they're like, and for anyone who hasn't read it, which if you haven't, why are you listening to this? But <laughs> <laughs> or especially this long, but <laughs> <laughs> we're in it now. We're committed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're super rich. Like uh, Nick, when he's going to Desi's house, he's like, I knew Amy was wealthy, but. Desi Collings's family is way above wealthy, super wealthy. Yeah. And like and the way Amy describes it is he has a different wardrobe for every season. Like and and it's like in a different drink and whatever. And like she orders him a drink in the uh, in the casino. And it's like, oh, peaches are, you know, I'm not drinking peaches Peaches right now. now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, really high vibes of like super snobby. Yes. Super rich. And his relationship. Super entitled. Yes. And his relationship with his mom is also a result of that. Creepy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Real creepy. So there's like the vibe that you get from the book is he is so much like skeezier and like, ooh, he's bad news on a totally different level than what Amy, like he's no match for Amy because Amy is like her own little bag of crazy, Uh but he's, he's got his own issues that he's obviously dealing with and has like serious connection issues with Amy. Yeah. (laughs) 
like yeah and yeah they don't really have that vibe nearly to that extent in in the movie which i can again gotta condense it right. so i can see why yeah. they would have kind of not given off like they're gleaning that and really the main focal point is you want to see what the dynamic is between nick and amy mm-hmm. so that's not nearly as pivotal yeah um, as the actual dynamic yeah but. and i'm okay with them like making him more sympathetic because i mean it's Neil Patrick Harris. It's Neil He's Patrick precious. Harris. How can you hate exactly. Neil Patrick Harris? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like, He's especially so there, it's like, like you're saying, it's got to be condensed and like it might muddy the waters if they're like, but you know, he wasn't such a good guy either, you know? Yeah. And like, he it's also like, crazy. okay, now we got to keep track yeah. of that. But you know, we do miss yeah. that um, Desi's mom looks exactly like Amy. Yeah. So that's again, like, we come back to creepy. Yes. Why yeah, that whole yeah, situation is that so whole weird. Package. And I know mm-hmm. I think they mentioned this in the movie, but um, in the books, it's again more impactful that she has been keeping up with sending him letters this whole time. Yeah. That, they're still talking, which in the movie they made it seem like he was sending her letters. And she wasn't always responding or she wasn't responding at all. Uh-huh. But in the book, it's like they were actively keeping Yeah, touch. yeah, yeah. And it's like they made whole, it very clear. Like vibe. that was like a turn that like, mm-hmm. surprise, they've been talking the whole time. Yeah, which almost makes me feel like she was like, in my mind, it feels like because she was still communicating with him behind everybody's backs, she was still having like that plan B of yeah. I have him in my back pocket if I ever exactly, need Exactly, just in which case. Which is like the amount of steps that she takes and it wasn't even technically configured into her crazy plan yeah. until she realized that she could work that angle. Yep. So it's just nuts the kind of forethought that she has in multiple scenarios. It's terrifying. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wish in the movie they had... Um, they show her like going through her calendar when she's like she's at that motel or whatever, like making her plan. And uh, it's showing mm-hmm. her flipping through the calendar and showing that like she has kill self question mark, like written like three times, like once a month throughout the calendar. Mm-hmm. And it's like in the book, yeah. she had it like scheduled out to the day. And and they even make a yeah. joke. It's like. Everyone wants to make fun of my list. Well, guess what? I wrote a list and now I'm blah, 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 you know, whatever. I'm changing my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Her list, the big one that they focus on is obviously the list on how to kill yourself and and blame somebody else in the process. And it's it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, we haven't even talked about the the length of what she did to fake her own. Yeah, like the device. actual like, scavenger hunt that she sends everyone mm-hmm. on. Yeah. 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 So there's like she befriends. She's like befriends somebody who's dumb in your neighborhood. Uh-huh. So she finds a woman with three kids is expecting one more and she becomes friends with her. Yeah. And then she invites her over and she's like, and now you give your dumb neighbor a whole bunch of lemonade and then you learn how to take the water out of your toilet so that it won't flush and then you pump your neighbor with the lemonade and then she's got to go to the bathroom but can't flush and then you steal her urine to fake a pregnancy test and it's like what is this like it's absurd and then she fakes like going to buy a gun and she also like 
fakes that she is afraid of needles and blood just so yeah. that she pretends to be afraid of needles and blood for like a year. Yeah. Yeah, so, just to, to so that she can basically like basically bloodleds herself to put the blood all over the floor mm-hmm. and then clean it up, but not well enough that it's gone so that they'll see it with a blue light yeah. or a, with a with a black light. Uh-huh. I mean, it was just like layer after layer after layer. And then she like wrote the diary in a condensed amount of time, but made it look like it was going back a few years. Yeah, she would write. She wrote like one diary entry a month. She was like at least one diary entry a month for the past so many years. And she would go back and she cross-referenced like what was actually going on at the time. What were what was she doing at the time? Like what were they actually doing? And like... So it was like that that was another thing. They were like looking for ways to prove that Amy ha- was setting him up mm-hmm. because she, he realized that it was a setup when he goes into the tool shed at Go's house, his sister's house, mm-hmm. and finds all the stuff that was on the credit cards that he didn't. That he couldn't explain. Yeah, that he yeah. was like, because at that even in the book, he was like, I really didn't buy those credit cards. And at this point, it's like you've lied by omission so much i literally don't know what to believe anymore um and yeah. like which is amazing and but yeah. yeah like come to find out he really didn't buy that stuff and it was bought and amy bought it all and she put it in there well she created credit cards under his name yeah unbeknownst to him so that it looked like he'd purchased all yeah, this stuff to just, make like a yeah cave. going on like a midlife crisis buying spree yeah. and i don't remember this being in the yeah. book um Maybe it was, but in the movie, uh, they show her taking the like the boxes of things and like putting it on his hands to like get his fingerprints all over the items, so that like when they dusted oh, it, it was yeah, like they... your stuff is all over this, all over these things. Yeah, I don't think they focused on that really at all in the book. Um, it, it, yeah, if I don't remember them even mentioning it, but in the movie, it really no. did serve to like remind us of like, man, she was that meticulous visual. about this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I think the book wasn't able to capture in the same sense as the movie because when you've got the kind of montage, I guess. It, if you will, of her going through the motions of how to set up her would-be murder. Yes. That visual is so crazy to watch. You're like, oh my God, this woman has literally planned it down to the minute and it's terrifying to watch. And I feel like it is really intense in the book, but it's a totally different vibe when you actually can see the lengths that she went to to get to that yeah it's nuts yeah nuts i think that that section in the movie really does pull it together where it's like step one and like takes you through all the things like that's really that was a really good way to do that because in the book it kind of like unfolds over time like at first we don't even think right because they're still bouncing back yeah like at first we're not even sure that um i don't even remember her name but the but the best friend the next door neighbor best friend oh yeah i I don't remember her name. Wasn't important. Uh, yeah, wasn't important. <laughs> the best friend. Wasn't even important to Amy in the end. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey. yeah um, it was just how like at first we don't even think that they're friends. Like maybe she really did like really was like just making up some life like another crazy person mm-hmm. next door. But then it turns out that they have like pictures together and they have this whole life that Amy has specifically she kept this hidden. Whole thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like. Then come to come out that, yeah, she did it on purpose. She was befriended that person on 
absolute purpose and was even like she even has like some line oh when she sees her uh saying something at the that the vigil she comes out and she's like what what did you kill your wife and then amy's like yeah. good dog you kill your pregnant wife. yeah yeah, yeah. i think yep. she says good dog or good girl yep. but i think it's good dog something like yeah. that yeah all meticulously planned because she knew exactly where that was gonna go yeah yeah and like she <gasps> the scavenger hunt aspect was pretty interesting that like he was already going to be going around town looking for these scavenger hunt clues anyway and so she like also incorporated it incorporated that into it um yeah i thought it was interesting that that they changed the clues though for the movie they changed what the clues said they did and they condensed yeah they took Um, out one they they took out i think two because i think there was like five in the book and only three in the Mm. movie but yeah the the scavenger hunt was you know they're they're kind of tradition for every anniversary she would write up scavenger hunt hints and he'd have to like decode it essentially and find the gift at the end. Yeah and it was always like a big disappointment for both of them because she would make one make a scavenger hunt that was way too hard where it was like don't Mm -hmm. you remember our second date was we had we stepped into the alcove of this bar when it was raining and you said this to me while you were (laughs) holding my hand and like that is like the clue like kind of alludes to that and it's like no no one remembers that (laughs) and like yeah and i the book definitely made it seem like he was constantly a disappointment yes. and could never get the clues and then they hated their gifts at the end yeah. of it. like they gave each other their gifts and it's like I don't like my gift she doesn't like her uh-huh. gift we really should have just kept our own gifts because we don't know what we want but in the movie he knows all of the hints he's like oh I know yeah. that one and he and they don't really hint that in the past he's never been good at them and she's always it's always a like a pressure point for their relationship yeah. because he could never get it and she was like what you don't pay attention to anything uh-huh. and he's like you make this impossible yeah. <laughs> yeah. and they don't really capture that in the movie they he is supposed to be able to easily get it at at that uh-huh. point in the in the story but she did that on purpose because she wanted to make it easy enough that he'd start unraveling her master right plan. yes but they don't capture it at all it's it's not the same kind of energy of like how much resentment is there between the mm-hmm. two of them over the years yeah yeah mm. moral of the story they're messed up moral of the story <laughs> they are messed up and the longer you keep secrets from the people you live with the more messed up you're gonna become maybe i don't know maybe that also, takes it to the next also don't marry a sociopath don't marry sociopaths <laughs> if they tell you you're a sociopath definitely don't marry them they are don't, don't, yeah, usually don't, though do they don't tell you usually they, they keep it a secret if you are married to a sociopath that's okay and you can leave them and that's okay Is it? it's okay to leave them <laughs> You're you are not you are not any less for having married a sociopath. There they you tricked go. you. They do it on they do it on purpose. They, yes. That is the point of sociopaths. Yes. They pretend all the yes. way. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yikes, yikes, yikes. It was good. It was a good book. It was a good movie. Yeah. You know, I um the the last time I was on this show of yours, I said mm. that my the the thing that I've learned from this process is the way to watch slash read is watch the movie, yeah. read the book, and then watch the movie. Because you mm, can never mm-hmm. get the first time watching the movie back. 
But when you start reading the book after having watched the movie, it is a new experience all over again. But after watching the movie, after reading the book, it is not a new experience. It is only comparison. Like I, I read the book without watching the movie for this one because I wanted to be exposed to the mystery the way that she put it out the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I still think that that was the right way to do it. But I do wish that I had seen, I could watch the movie without judgment. Oh, that you know, yeah, yeah, without without the preconceived thing. I still think this was the right way to do it, but I still think, think that process, watch, read, watch, I still think that's the way to go. Which is the way you did it this time. Which is the way yeah. I did it, which I kind of am the opposite. I wish I had Well, yeah, especially because... for a mystery. For a mystery. Man, that twist. Yeah. yeah, that twist. Like, it had been long enough since I'd seen the movie that I didn't remember the full scope of what the twist was, but I knew that he didn't do yeah. it. But I was like, I don't remember all the, the meat and potatoes in the middle kind of stuff where I'm like, I don't remember how we get from start to finish, but I do remember what the end is. And I'm like, man, that really did kind of take the spark mm-hmm. out of it. But it was just really the beginning. Once I got through that first kind of third of the yeah. book, it started to get really interesting. I was like, okay, now I'm uh-huh. hooked because there's there's just so much detail that I'm like, oh, I don't remember this. Oh, God, what happens next? Even though I knew what happened next. Yeah. So- the book does a really good job of roping you in, and it, it, there's so many twists and turns. And God bless Gillian Flynn; she is yes, so good. What a gift! At oh my God, she's so good at cliffhangers and leaving you like wanting more. Yeah. She's so good at it. Yeah, it's beautifully executed. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't read the book, uh, you crazy mm-hmm. viewer listener who. <laughs> 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 maybe you really love the movie. Now that you know the twist. Yeah, maybe this is your favorite movie and you're just like on the fence. Should I read the book? <laughs> read the book. Yeah. I would say anything that has Gillian Flynn's name on it. I, I would, would read it. it. Yeah, because, I'm completely convinced. Yeah, she's pretty incredible writer. And I, I am curious to know what her beef is with Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> she's really focused yeah. on things is in Missouri and it's never good. Yeah. I don't think so. I thought she was from California, but maybe I made maybe that up. Maybe she just went and like don't really didn't like <laughs> really didn't She like really her. doesn't like the yeah. South. Oh. Because man, she's got some trauma with Missouri. Yeah. Her middle name <laughs> is Scheiber. So ah. that character, if it is that name if that is it maybe based is on her, her middle name interesting yeah she let's see she was born in kansas city missouri ah so, she is yes a Missourian. so who knows okay so that's her beef with missouri she's, she's from, from there. there yeah <laughs> <laughs> right what you know yeah. what kind of people grew up in missouri that's what i want yeah to know. <laughs> exactly where are they let's find them <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. BJ, this has been a delight. Yes, Miss Erin, it sure has. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Uh, thank you for this having me on. such a great topic. Yes. Yes. And before we sign off, uh, what are you reading? What are you doing? Something you'd like to highlight? Tell us what's in your life right now. Yeah. So next, now that I finish this, the next book I'm going to read mm-hmm. is The Institute by Stephen King. It's Ooh. his one of his newer-ish ones. I don't think it's his newest one. I think it came out in 2019 mm-hmm. or 2018. Okay. Um, not really sure what it's about, 
don't really know. I've heard medium well, things. The name on sounds it. creepy. Yeah, I think it's about kids who <laughs> go to a school. They have magic powers, so they go to a school. Of course. Yeah, I don't know. Like every other book he's Well, written. yeah, it'll be interesting <laughs> to hear that from Stephen King as opposed to from J.K. Rowling or from uh, Suzanne Collins whew, uh, yeah. or from, um, uh, man, I was going to say the author of <laughs> who wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's like Angel oh. Icefire is her Tumblr name or her whatever <laughs> that was. Her, like <laughs> We don't need to plug that. <laughs> But I mean, Stephen King had, you know, like you look at it, you look yes. at like Children and Children of the Corn, yes. you look at like Firestarter, you look at Carrie. I mean, you look at all these books that he's written where it's very child centric. Yeah. He does have a thing for spoopy children. Yep. And everything is on Maine. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a thing about Maine, right? <laughs> he's he's from yeah, East Coast. Yeah. yeah. So write write what you know. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. But you know what? Let me let me throw this your way. For you and for anyone who's mm. got Netflix. There's a movie oh, yeah, yeah. called Oh wait, I shouldn't have said this yet. It's called <laughs> Things <laughs> Things Seen and Heard is the is the movie. Yes. The movie is called Things Seen and Heard, and it's based Ooh. on a book called All Things Cease to Be, or All Things... All th okay, so here's why it's so funny. <laughs> the movie is called Things Seen and Heard. Okay. Oh my God, I've said that like three times. Things Heard and Seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let we'll me start there. over, let me start over. <laughs> the movie we'll is called there. Things... <laughs> Heard and Seen. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Okay. Starring Amanda Seyfried. Okay. Um, it's really good. It's based on a book okay. called All Things Cease to Appear, which is the opposite. <laughs> the meaning is the opposite. Okay. Now, I haven't read the book yet, okay. but um, the movie was pretty good. And uh, I, I think the book is going to be very different so that Ooh. might be a fun thing for all of us to try out. Or, hey, maybe even you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, I'll have to write that one down. So for the eighth time, Things Heard and Seen, <laughs> and it's on Netflix. <laughs> That's the movie. <laughs> the book, which I haven't read, but I'm going to read, is All Things Cease to Appear. Things Seen and Heard. No. <laughs> They'll never find it now. <laughs> so it's all things big and small, and then all things heard and seen, and then all things seen and That's heard right. are like a trilogy. And the sequel, right? <laughs> written by the Fifty Shades of Grey person, is all things hard and soft. But hard hey. is like underlined, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, note to self, no longer allowing BJ to give recommendations. <laughs> They spin off into a lot of wonderful places. Now we're going to get a sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. Are we no. really? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you were serious. I was like, no. No, it'll be a ghost story. All things hard and soft. Oh, okay, that is the... Okay, got mm -hmm. it. Got it. Uh -huh. Got it. Well, I will eagerly look forward to Good, it. Good, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> you, you can find it on my fan fiction account. Angel Icefire. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Well, um, on that note. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again, Mr. BJ. This has been such a treat. Yes. Thank you so much. 
Of course, anytime. And thank you to our listeners. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Best book recommendations ever. (laughs) Yeah, here's a book I haven't read. Here's a movie I've seen, and here's the book that I also haven't read, and uh, also that movie I saw. I don't know what it's called.